Welcome to Tabula Rasa, bitches. Hello, hello. Hello. My name is Allie. My pronouns are she, her. And I'm Nick, and my pronouns are he, him. And welcome to season two, episode 21 of Tabula Rasa, bitches. In Tabula Rasa, bitches, your two co-hosts discuss and dissect Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show that bonded them together so many years ago. And in this episode, we are going to be discussing season two, episode 21, Becoming, part one. And I'm about to hand it over to Allie to share something, but before I do that, I wanted to throw in a plug that we typically do at the end of the episode, but I want to do at the beginning of today's episode. This is just a humble and grateful ask for dear listeners to hop on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a rating or review. It would be so helpful. They're a, they're a massive way that other folks find out about the podcast. So we'd be super grateful if you would go ahead and do that for us, dear ones. So yeah, And share it. Talk about it. Word of mouth. Everyone's always looking for podcast recommendations. So if you enjoy listening to us, please recommend us to a friend. We'd be ever so grateful. Allie, what's on your mind? So because I talk about so much of my my life here on the podcast, I thought it was appropriate uh, to give you all an update. My father recently passed away. He was fighting a battle with pancreatic cancer and he lost. So uh, that is just something that's going on in my life that is a really large part to, um, for those of you who have been Listening and listening along, you'll notice a big gap between last episode and this episode. If you're listening to this in the future, years from now, you have no idea that there's a gap. But uh, just so that it's not me making weird subtweet comments about something going on in my life, I just wanted to get it out in the open. Next season, season three, you will actually hear uh, we recorded Band Candy with my mom and my dad. So that's very exciting. I was glad that we prioritized that made that happen. Uh, I think you'll all very much enjoy it. So and and also I think it was important to mention this because my dad was such a big fan of the show. He was a very, very early, early listener, always a supporter. So yeah, so that's just something that's going on in my life, our lives. That's that. And he was, you know, dear, dear listener and just dear mentor for me and he leaves behind a very very big gap alley absolutely um i want to read one thing if you'll allow this Um, i shall i want to read a quote that he said well there was he was a very quotable person a very opinionated person as everybody will (laughs) hear in van gandy and i miss him very much but he had one quote i'm gonna are you like you're looking for it yeah, and I, I didn't... can talk. I can talk while you while you look for it because also another reason I wanted to mention this just like out of the gate is that I'm sitting at his desk right now because I'm currently living at my parents' house before I leave for Atlanta, Georgia. So it's just he's very present with me right now. So I couldn't help but mention it. He had this quote that you read at his memorial service, Allie. The quote is, if you ever get down about humanity, and there's often so many reasons to do so, think about the people in your life and strangers that would help you given the chance. Think about all the people you've never met that you've helped through one means or another. That should give you a little hope. And it does, even while the pain is so real. Yep. 
yeah, his that memorial service was extremely well attended. Um, I think I think somebody counted over three hundred. So um, it was amazing to see. It definitely helps some of the hurt to see how amazing his reach was and how many lives he touched in such a positive way. All of the tributes on Facebook and just everything. I mean, not that any life should ever be cut short. Well, I mean, maybe some lives. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, but to to hear that he really did live so much life in those years was is is and will for a long time be quite a comfort. I think the I could talk about Bruce all day, Ali. I think I do just want to be clear that the three hundred people there does not even begin to touch his scale either. I didn't tell you about this, but the night before his service, I so I was driving up and I, I stayed with my dad in Colonial Beach overnight before it's like it was like a halfway point between here and Maryland. So I stayed with him and we were talking and we were talking about Bruce. And if anybody knows Ken, Ali, like you do, <laughs> the man does not have many emotions <laughs> at all. Uh, the man, which is very strange, me being his child, because I'm just one big ball of emotions. But so we're talking about Bruce and and he said, he said, Bruce is a really good guy. And then he, I said, yes, facts. And then he started crying and he said, Bruce was really good to my kids. Oh, and he really was. It's true. We presses have been very, very fond of you, Mercer kids. You've adopted a lot of a lot of people over yeah. the years. That's something that we keep coming back to is, you know, me and my siblings that has grown. The number has grown over the years. That's very much how we all want to parent and exist. And, you know, to be the kind of parent that your f- kids' friends see as also their parent. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very fortunate to have a lot of uh, extra second bonus parents and siblings. And that's just what I, I hope to have that like with you, that feeling that you were always safe in our house. And that's what I hope to pass on to my children and their friends and everyone around me, really. I think I think too to connect this to Buffy, um, he always took he always took me seriously. Does that make like even mm-hmm. as a little kid when Nobody takes you seriously. Nobody thinks about, like, nobody cares about what you have to say. When, like, we would watch Buffy together and me and you would talk about it. And he would, he would, like, hear us out and have actual discussions as if we were, as if we had the complex thoughts that we did about yeah the show. I don't know. No, that's one of the one. So my parents often would deflect compliments about how they raised my brother and myself because they're like, I don't know, we just did our best. Like, we're not really sure what we did. So they like had trouble taking compliments, which often offended my brother and I because we're like, we're they're complimenting us. Just take the compliment. <laughs> um, they're saying we're awesome. Just like give us the win. But they would say what mom was like, I, I guess we just, you know, treated you like beings with thoughts and opinions and we like listened to them and we just spent time with you guys like we took you to things that we enjoyed to hopefully you would enjoy and it was just like treating you like you are a person Mm. you know and I think that makes all the difference in the world 
simple but really powerful. Yeah, man. I love Bruce and I love you very much, Allie. I love you very much. It meant all the world to me that you were there. So would never would never miss it. And in the months and years ahead, I'm not going anywhere. Perfect. I am going somewhere. I'm going to Atlanta, but that only puts me closer <laughs> to you. And actually, we're going to see each other this supper, too. I know. OK, yeah, you. that's going to be fun. For a little festival, yeah. Festival. Get to see Lucas Graybeal. Ah. OK, uh, shall we move on to Buffy Summers and her crew? Let's hop into this iconic episode. Wonderful. So, as usual, we'll do our best to avoid spoilers beyond this episode, but today we'll discuss this episode, spoilers and all. The local museum unearths a rune-covered whispering box that contains Akathla, a demon who, with one breath, can suck Earth into hell. Angelus learns of Akathla from Drew, and they hatch a plan to summon Akathla and bring about the end of the world. This dark power rising draws Kendra, another slayer who we met earlier this season, back to Sunnydale. As Buffy and Willow study for finals, they discover the floppy disk from the night of Miss Calendar's death that contains the curse to restore Angel's soul. Angelus fails to summon Akatha the first time he tries, so he lays a trap to draw Buffy away from her friend so Drusilla can kidnap Giles to learn more about the ritual. Buffy falls for the trap, but the gang has plans of their own. Kendra will protect the Scoobies back at the library, where Willow will attempt to curse Angel. Drusilla and a gang of vampires descend upon the library, and in the ensuing fight, Willow and Xander are hurt, Giles is kidnapped, and, heartbreakingly, Drusilla murders Kendra. Man, what a heartbreaking end to this episode, too. I'm excited to dig into it with you. Yeah, yeah. And so we start, we kick off the episode with um, a flashback to Galway back in the, what was it, the 1800s? I wrote down 1753. There we go. 18th century, um, 1700s. So, and I, my first note is, oh no, prepare for bad hair. Okay, oh God, I, it's yeah. It's just so bad. It's not even, it's not even bad in that, in that, um, in that it's unkempt like it's supposed to be, but it's just a bad wig. Yeah, well, it's just a bad style because it's again, it's not like it. They did a good job with making it look like it's coming off of his head, but I, it's just like it's too poofy. I don't know, or it's just a bad cut for his face. Just basically all through this episode, all of the flashbacks, it's just like terrible long hair. And I'm not opposed to long hair, but like it's just, I don't, I don't know. They just styled it poorly. Yeah, I don't think like I and I think that there I think that they could have styled it in such a way that still sends the message that he is unkempt and scraggly and stuff. But yeah. I just it looks bad to me. Right. Like shirt untucked or him stumbling. Like there's lots of ways to communicate that like he's a mess and he's drunk. But like, I don't know. I mean, there's episode because there's other episodes. Sorry, spoiler already. There are other episodes where we get more flashbacks. Once he's a vampire and his long hair is still not styled well. Right. Right. So I don't know if he just like didn't learn enough lessons from like the interview with the vampire guys. Like maybe he needed to like hook up with Lestat, learn what like his grooming habits are. But it's oof, it's not. By contrast, when we see Darla, holy shit, her outfit. I mean, just the 
gorgeous big poofy dress and her hair and the like side curls and I she looks amazing. Uh she looks ravishing way out of little I think his name here is Liam. I think that was Angel's tree name. Definitely far out of his league, but I missed that. How did I miss that? I think it, it doesn't come up in this episode. I think I knew that because of later, but I mean, that's oh, a spoiler, okay. so I okay. feel okay saying it. Because he comes um, out talking to a friend of his, but yeah, so they, they get thrown out of that bar because they right. don't have money. He says he can steal some more from his dad, and then he notices Darla through the Archway. gateway or whatever. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, he follows her. They kind of have a sultry little flirting exchange and then and she turns him and and then yeah yeah she turns him it's very sexual too it's she it, uh, well yeah yeah he gets right on the chest yup i mean if you're gonna suck some blood why not suck it off some titties <laughs> i can think of a few reasons that too for me personally but you know <laughs> you do i bet that's I bet, fair there's i bet there's, yeah liam enjoyed it i hope darla did too get it girl I, I think they did i think they did so we flash back to the present. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're in the the cemetery. Angel is Angelus is stalking Buffy while she beats down some vamps. She does eventually beat them down. Xander was helping, but got knocked away or something like that. So she picks him up at the end. Um, and I I have a quote because uh, they're talking about next day, and she has to get home and stay for finals. And Xander says, "Oh yeah, finals." Why didn't you let me die? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I relate with that feeling so hard. Man, I think I, there's a lot that I don't miss about school. I think chief among them might be finals. Yeah, of course. Just yeah. awful. What an awful practice that we do. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, it kind of got better in college because they gave you more time by like having classes shut down while you're in finals. So it's like, all the time that you're not taking a test, you have time to study. And all, and almost all my finals are practical, so it's a lot more rehearsing than studying, which is much easier for me. Yeah, I think I think given the choice of taking finals or fighting some vampires, I would probably take vampires. Oof. Okay. Well, I definitely didn't hate school that bad. Oh, I like <laughs> school. I don't like finals. Yeah, that's definitely different. Oh, I think. I, I value my life. I, th- I think I would still take the test over, over, fi- over uh, fighting vampires. All right. Well, me and Xander can throw it down together. And you Sounds nerds good. can get back in the classroom. <laughs> okay. So we have our little intro scene. Yeah. Which then... was so comforting returning to after after all these months away. Yeah. Yeah. It is really comforting, isn't it? Yeah. That music will never fail to just bring me right back to all those all those summer days in your basement Allie oh yeah someone I so over the weekend I saw some some old friends um some old geek friends from conventions and one of them was saying they're they're not really big into any fandoms you know they watched certain movies and stuff a long time ago when they originally out but they almost never rewatch them because they're scared it won't stand up and I was like oh well you don't have to worry about Buffy. He was like, yeah, you know, I think I watched it a couple times when it was on, but I never rewatched it. And I was like, I, it holds up. Like, like they never, they never rewatched Firefly. They like, they never watched Serenity, the movie. And I'm like, I, but I, he was like, oh, so, so yeah, it still holds up. And I was like, well, I never stopped watching it. 
So like there is no like, oh, I watched it again in 10 years. No, I've never, never stopped watching it. But right. My life has just been one long always. watch and rewatch of Buffy. Yeah, always, always. But yeah, but and but this is, de- you know, as we've talked about on the show before, you know, this watch through has definitely been like more focused on like taking things in and. Even crit- even with the critical watch, it still holds up. Some episodes yep. don't. Go Fish doesn't. Go Fish doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> some, but still, some it's some elements don't hold up. But the oh, scope of the show garbage. overall, the sh- yeah, 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 yeah. Episodes, yeah. There's there's a couple weaker episodes, but um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think that was that episode was probably uncomfortable at the time anyway. Yeah. True. Well, friends, if you were hesitant. <laughs> you can, since we're totally unbiased, you can trust us that puppy holds up. Okay. So Giles is heading to the museum. Yep. Giles, Giles is visiting the museum. Apparently, he was given a call. Somebody recommended him as an expert on antiquities. And the guy at the museum is like, yeah, we just unearthed this. They were digging to build some condos or whatever, and we found this. And he's like, yeah, so I don't know what's inside. Guess we'll have to open it up. Dude, have you not seen any movies? I pick a genre. I'm not even saying like demon stuff, like mummy stuff or uh biological stuff, like rare insects that were trapped in there and some kind of antigen come not antigen, it's not the right word, but still like bacteria that you yeah, want to Are you trying to unleash like, the plague here? Yeah, exactly. native stuff. Like leave it closed. It was closed and buried for a reason. For a reason. Go ahead and just, or at leave least it there. like take some precautions. Put on a mask, or I mean, something. Nah, dude's just going for it. Yeah, yeah. And I like that Giles is like, open. can you not do that? Please? I was like, maybe don't, maybe don't, don't do that. Yeah. Yep. I like when he there's um when Giles first sees it, this ominous music starts playing too, and mm-hmm. it's just such a great way that the show i mean it's creepy in and of itself we didn't really need the music to know that we like shouldn't open that but it just really sends the message home that don't this isn't good (laughs) this is sunnydale this is this is sunnydale so i think we're in the cafeteria yes i love xander's reenactment with the food with uh, the fish sticks, yeah 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 it's very yeah it was very wayne's world when he's reenacting stuff with the, or he's playing with the crawlers at the diner, and it's really funny. And uh, Oz is back. So we talked in our last episode about the fact that Oz has mysteriously and without any explanation been gone for the last few episodes. But it's nice to see that he's well. And he and Willow, he has this really cute uh, exchange with Willow. Um, Willow says that she's going to get Buffy through the end of the semester, quote, if she has to sweat blood. And Oz goes, I bet you'd sweat sweat cute blood. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down, too. Which is the strangest but most delightful compliment. Adorable. Yeah. And he just, oh, they're just so cute. Adore him. So they're, they're talking, talking about plans and upcoming things. And Buffy says, I have to pr- patrol tonight. And Willow says, again? Yes, Willow. There are vampires. People die if she doesn't patrol. Like, right? Why are we surprised? Why are we surprised? I mean, on, and, and during the best of times, even when Angelus isn't on the loose, like, yes, she's probably patrolling every night because there is that idea that, like, if I don't patrol tonight, 
someone could die that didn't have to die. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Probably go ahead and do that again, Buffy. Right. Exactly. So I think we have another flashback. This year I wrote down is 1860. Okay. And we see Drusilla praying. She goes to confessional. So we get, you know, some backstory here about Drusilla. Mm-hmm. And we also see Angel uh, killing the priest that Drusilla is about to confess to. Yep. And so naturally impersonates the priest uh, because Drusilla starts, like, trying to give her confession. And he gives really bad advice. So her confession is that she's still having visions. Her mother says that, like, it's demonic or, like, it's, you know, an abomination, whatever. Uh, and he's like, yeah, you are evil. So you're you're terrible. Bad, bad girl. So I don't know. Just, like, fuck it. Lean into it. And she's like, what? I don't know. And he's like, I don't know. Ten Hail Marys, whatever. Um, but it's really, it's so interesting religious people continue to blow my mind sorry not trying to offend anybody but like her mom being like oh these these visions are an abomination but like if you think that god is all powerful all knowing omnipresent then wouldn't you assume that like he gave her these visions or wouldn't you wouldn't you go like sunny side and go like these visions are a gift from god yeah, there's a way, and the the visions that Drusilla talks about happening, there was a way to spin them so that she she had a premonition of a terrible accident and people dying, which is horrible. But there's a way to spin it that that's a good thing. Right? To maybe know God that wanted tragedies her to save are those about people. to happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Why the? And then um, I think her mom's advice. Her mom said that it was demonic and that she shouldn't talk about it. Like, what is this thing that people do where you can just put put these things like this into little boxes and not talk about them? Like, that's just what that wild idea that like also always drives me crazy in movies and TV of just like not talking about things because never, ever in the history of ever has not talking about a problem just made it go away. Right. You know what? I stopped talking about how much I enjoy same-sex sex and you know what I, I started craving opposite sex oh my god yeah yeah right yeah yeah poof it's done yep yep and uh not talking about birth control absolutely prevents uh unwanted pregnancy yep works every time yeah 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 no no notes with the logic at all being yeah. you know and even when characters being a zealot makes total sense yeah and when like characters decide like not to share information. There's so many things I'm like, well, you wouldn't be in this problem if you just like communicated. Yeah, that's an irritating trope that we brought up Hate in it. this in this too. Like if you had you've just made this substantially worse yep. by it's like like G- Giles, tell them about your past and why this demon is after you. Right. And we probably could have avoided Yeah. A fair amount of this. Yep. Tell tell Jenny uh, what the curse is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny, tell everybody else what. Yeah. Tell what her the curse why you just found is. Buffy and Angel need to be kept apart from each other. Right. Ugh. People. So People. Uh, now we're. Out oh, of the I have one more thing to oh, say okay. about this scene and about the flashbacks in general. Um, we talked about how the wigs 
how angels' wigs leave much to be desired. Zired. Um, in the the accents as well, gotta say David Boreanaz, not super into your accents. Drusilla in the opening scene oddly has the same exact accent she has now mm-hmm. as well. So there's some. May- so maybe know, by then she was they she was in. Because it's not exactly a British accent. It's an accent. Or more like an affectation. But we don't ever hear about her being American, per se. But we don't know that she's not American. So I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, his 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 Irish accent, it's good. But there is something... I, like, I couldn't tell you what exactly it is, but it does feel put on. Mm, that's a good way to describe it. Like, it's it. not quite embodied yeah yeah something like that yeah yeah it is definitely acted because he's got the like noun changes and that he's got the the lilt and stuff going so did his homework but yeah didn't quite entirely get it in his bones i don't know Mm, that's a good way to describe it okay i agree with you accents are hard accents and dialects are hard i took a class senior year and it was a great great class uh and now i've promptly forgot all of it so oh good uh, well you'll get back to it i know it okay so, i think we're back to the present yes and we're at at i don't know whose house it is angel's house i guess um his mansion drew is talking about how she <laughs> fed on an old man and he got stuck in her teeth ew gross uh, gross Gross. Yeah. Drusilla, I don't have sympathy for you. Yeah. Uh, she also talks about how the moon was whispering to her. Love it. Love it. About how something terrible is coming. Yeah. We dive more into the the visions, the premonitions, her mysticism and hypnotizing. Oh, yeah. This is a cool episode for her. Yeah, it's a big Drew Good episode. villain arc because you finish the episode and really hate her guts. <laughs> yeah, she's... Not the sweet girlfriend to Spike anymore. Speaking of Spike, uh, Angel's talking about, like, I don't know, the Slayer and, you know, it's not time yet or whatever. And Spike calls Angel a ninny. And I was like, awesome. I love it. I don't know what's more demeaning than being called a ninny. Right. That it was savage. Like he didn't call him a pussy or like stop being such a coward. Called him a ninny. Yeah, I don't even know exactly what a ninny means in slang terms, but there's just something about how it feels that is humbling. Yeah. To yeah. Uh well, Google immediately turns back uh, a foolish person. A foolish so person. It's not, not anything crazy foolish so basically calling him stupid too. yeah yeah that's good yep okay so oh okay so in this scene too with um drew spike and angel we get um we get a kind of a trope that plays throughout this episode that i don't like um angel ends the scene by looking at the um by looking uh so so they're referencing the big bad that's about to come, and um, and Angel says, "Soon it'll stop. Soon it'll scream." And he looks at the camera with the cheesiest, <laughs> devious smile. And it happens a few more times. Really, in the you don't I was, I was you don't buy his devious smile? 
Sure don't. <laughs> Not even a little bit. You're such a hater. You know, yeah, maybe maybe I'm being a hater in this moment. <laughs> You're just sensitive to, to cheese. Lactose intolerant. <laughs> okay. So in the next scene, we have Buffy and Willow studying. Um, as promised, Willow is helping Buffy prepare for finals. And Buffy gets something wrong. Um, and Willow is reviewing her work. And, and Buffy said, or Willow says, I see your problem. And Buffy goes, I'm a moron. <laughs> and I like this moment from Willow. She's like, will you stop that? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it is the type of, it is the type of bullying love yeah. that I try to embody sometimes. Too, you 100% where I'm like, do. It was a, I'm like, yeah. you're gorgeous. Pick yourself up. Yeah. Stop being ridiculous. You're more you were gonna go than crush Cinderella. this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you have a face like sunshine. Oh, that is my favorite movie of all time. It's a great movie. Um, yeah, so definitely a great moment, great friend moment. Um and I love Buffy's reaction, like, okay, wow, all right, yep, you taught me. Uh and then a sigh of relief, she drops her pencil. And she finds the floppy disk that we all saw Jenny put the curse soul restoration spell onto. We've known it's there. And just the oh, big sigh of relief. They have it. It's found. Wish it had been found sooner, but still. Right, right. Everybody simultaneously screamed at their TV. You found it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's good news. Yep. So they find it. They... Uh, they open it. They see what it is. They bring it to Giles and the rest of the Scoobies. Uh, I love Willow's confident look telling Giles that she can do this. It was yeah. so confident. Loved it. Yeah. I have thoughts both about this scene and in the, there was, we had like the briefest of cut cutouts flashbacks right before this where we see Angel get cursed again. Like Angelus yes, gets yes, cursed. Yes, more bad hair. Yeah. Yeah. More bad hair. Um. I and we we learned about this arc a little bit with Jenny, but just like I want to I want to go back to this this like group of folks cursing Angelus with the soul. Mm-hmm. That was a really sadistic thing. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's supposed to be pain. It's supposed to be torture. It's yeah, and it's not they before Jenny's uncle had said something like. Like, we're not about justice, we're about vengeance or mm-hmm. something. And I just want to put a fine point on, like, it's not. Like, vengeance would have been killing him. Like, what they want, they wanted torture. They wanted, like, anguish. They wanted, like, well, they recognized. Well, in their opinion, the vengeance is torturing him the way that they're now tortured with the grief and loss of their princess. Although, I will say... She looked all right, because that's them. It's her they're burying, and she didn't look mutilated. She didn't look, like, busted up. Like, kind of just looks like he fed on her. Right, right. Yeah, it was one of the random killings that he did all the time. It's not like he slaughtered her whole village. Seems like, like, I don't know. There's enough of them left to cast a curse. I just feel like, like, they are saying... They are they they are recognizing that he will never 
understand the gravity of what he's done because he doesn't have a soul. So to make him understand the gravity of what he's done, they make him have a soul and they recognize that that's the most painful yep. and brutal thing that they could do to him. But they have souls themselves. Yep. Like they are. Do Look at what you're doing and you don't even have the excuse of not having a soul. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Kind of that eye for an eye makes the whole world blind kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. But an eye for an eye would be them also being soulless. But they are. It is like worse. Yeah. It, like, yeah. I don't know. No, I'm with you. And I I get. Yeah. It's hard. It's just hard to say. I'm like, I don't know. I, maybe I just I'm not in a strong enough culture or like. I've never lived in a monarchy kind of thing. So, like, just the idea of, like, we're going to eternally punish you because you killed this member of our tribe. Yeah, true. I hey, mean, hunt and... him down. Absolutely. But, again, the, like, going through the effort to, like, restore his soul. And, like, what if he loses it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was like, yeah, it was sadistic, but also, like, potentially short-sighted. Right. Probably just kill him. It kind of feels like Batman tossing the Joker in Arkham Asylum. It's like, mm, at some point, you're actually being more irresponsible by right. not killing him. Totally. I'm not saying that, I mean, I can be a vengeful bitch. Who knows? <laughs> I might want to torture somebody eternally too. But I would just want to be clear that that is what... They they are inflicting well, intentionally. Like, wouldn't you want the like peace of mind that he's not out there killing other people? What if you restore his soul and he was always a piece of shit? <laughs> yeah. yeah all right. Like they said, I think they said, like, now you're gonna remember all the stuff you've done for the last hundred years. It's like, well, were you there a hundred years ago and know what kind of person he was? What right. yeah, what if he was a serial killer in his own time? Do you know if he's going to care? What if he, he didn't have that much of did? a soul to lose? Right. That's a really good point, Allie. Thank you. Yeah, this move by <laughs> this tribe was not, I don't agree with it. I don't love it. I don't. Um, so we're back at the library after this flashback, and Xander is not happy that they want to restore Angel's soul, which, like, he makes fair points. I'm a angel fan i'm team angel so i can't help it but want him back but uh i you know i still can't really argue any of his points i can't argue the points so the quote that i wrote down and then this is my, i have a question for ali coming up here in a second um he says you can paint this any way you want but the way i see it is that you want to forget all about miss calendar's murder so you can get your boyfriend back and i can't argue with the point that xander is making but Xander, I don't know that you are the best person to be bringing up when somebody's motives, when it comes to having mixed motives. Yeah, are, yeah, like that. This is a little uh, pot calling the kettle black here. A little bit, a little bit. But he has also never been a mass murderer, so it's like uh, hard to say. But yeah, but there is this great moment where. He's he's huffing and puffing and making his point. And then Cordelia says something like, I have to agree with him on this one. And he turns around to like yell at her like, "You, why can you just never have my back? And now I'm realizing that you did have my back and I'm just going to shut up because I'm an idiot. And I loved that. That happens to me all the time. 
with when Hayden is just like pushing my buttons on purpose. Um, <laughs> and so like I react and then he goes, Allie, I'm fucking with you. And I'm like, I know that now, but I didn't take the time to take a pause and figure it out before I opened my mouth to react. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Well, mm-hmm. so yeah, what is, what I is don't, your opinion? I don't like you. I don't like you identifying with Xander in this moment because I don't think that you ever do anything like what Xander does in this moment. But, <laughs> okay, well, I'm not identifying. Funny not identifying anecdote with Xander noted. per se, uh, just with the idea of reacting before speaking your before, yeah, yeah, speaking just straight from the mouth before your brain has time to catch up. Um, so, what do you think? What's your opinion on you know? whether they should restore his soul or not on this debate between kill that was actually my question for Allie. i think that so it seems it seems like restoring is going to be the path of least resistance like i feel like i feel like restoring would be easier than killing him because he's a hard mofo to kill mm-hmm. so yeah, I'd probably be team restore. I mean, and then also, if he is alive, I can more likely look at him shirtless at some point, which is my mixed motive. Yep. Yep. What I do agree. you think? Um. So I totally get the back and forth. And I think I agree that, like, strategically, it makes sense to at least try. Um, because even if you then decide that it's still too dangerous to have him around, you can always kill him later. But it would be hard to take on Drusilla and Spike and Akatha and Angelus mm-hmm. all at the same time and whatever mm-hmm. posse of vampires we know that they have. So I, I also think that strategically, like the plan, she doesn't bring it up right at this moment, um, but Buffy later has the plan like, yes, yes, I'll kill him. But if I am having trouble or I fail or something, it can buy us time or it'd be helpful or like it might still save us to have Angel turn back and then to have an extra, you know, tank on our side. Yeah, I think that the plan they ended up with was the right one. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I think it makes that that makes the most sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now. Uh, so I think that we have a very quick scene at the museum mm-hmm. where the relic is doing spooky whispers and then drusilla comes and kills the curator whoever that is yeah it's not it's not good to be a museum official in sunnydale i would think that they have a lot of turnover yeah especially not while the relic is whispering to you like don't get closer to it and check it out yeah folks if a relic that was dug up starts speaking to you leave the room please please and thank you I think we would last longer in a horror movie than the average person. So much longer. I I think so. I I like to think so. I'm a firm believer of the buddy system. um, And Mm. I am a fairly prepared person as a Girl Scout. So I do think I would (laughs) uh, do pretty all right. I think, but it would, but it would definitely, I would survive through like running away, evading, that kind of thing, rather than like having the instincts to fight back. Oh, yeah. No, fuck that. No, I wouldn't last very long in the fight. Yeah. I've been watching Even the though... Scream franchise for the first time. And the main character, Sydney, just like she has a mean punch and she's like really good at fighting back. Like she's trying to run away, but she also gets punches and kicks in. I'm like, I think I would just run. 
I'm going to focus all on running. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I agree with that. Okay, so Buffy and Willow are talking on the phone, and I think they're kind of debating still this, what are they going to do? Are they going to restore? Are they going to kill? And Buffy is walking around a room, and she stumbles on her clada. Mm-hmm. And here's another really powerful music moment, because the Buffy and Angel theme comes up, yeah. and it's just really emotional while she looks at her clada. And I really appreciated it, because it's just further confirmation of how spot on the clada that I bought is to matching her clada. <laughs> Like you see, because there's lots of different designs, but um, the design of the crown is the same and the design of like the, I guess the hands have gloves on because there's like a gauntlet type of thingy. And so like that's all the same. And I was like, oh, I I really did find the perfect match. You have truly a replica. Yep. Uh, And then I have just in all caps, Kendra. Yeah. So Buffy goes strolling for a park and Kendra sneaks up on her (laughs) and it's so good to see her again. She is. It's so their dynamic is so sweet. Yeah, Kendra's arc has been one of my favorites. It's a great one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's her watcher has heard some rumblings or has sensed something, so has sent her to help Buffy and whatever they're fighting. And Kendra, of course, is on Xander's side because she sees things a little more impartially, which is fair. Uh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think they find themselves allies. Um, the, uh, we are back at the mansion yes. and they have moved the rock. Yes. I, I wrote down Spike's quote. It's a big rock. Can't wait to yeah. tell my friends. They don't have a rock this big. <laughs> <laughs> He's so unimpressed. Master it's really good. Sass. Oh, love him. So, so, so they, they, uh, open the box and they find a Kothla and. And they're talking and they're giving the backstory to like what Akatha is, what raising him does. Basically, he has this big mouth that creates a vortex that can suck the whole world into the demon dimension. Um, Why? Why? I mean, don't they live, like, happy, comfortable... I don't know about happy, but, like, comfortable lives out here on Earth? Why would they want to end the world? So, really, yeah, it's just... It's kind of stated as a fact that all that that all demons want to end the world. And I like that, well, A, this theme gets explored further, but it also gets explored further in this episode, even when we meet Whistler. And Whistler, Whistler says, Yeah, he has this quote. What did he say? I had it. Is written it the down. like I'm a demon, but it doesn't mean I'm a bad guy? Yeah, he says not all demons are dedicated to the destruction of all life. Yeah, there you go. Which, yeah, it feels like a good assumption to check, like, why? Well, I think think what they were saying, because at some point somebody says, like, all humans that are sucked in will be tortured forever. So maybe it's like a, if you're a demon, though, it's like, it's your club. Like, it's... So it's your paradise because home, it's now yeah. like the demons own the world rather than the humans owning the world. But demons got like pretty good rate, pretty that's good. What I, that's what I think. Not having been to the demon dimension, I guess I can't really say like, I don't know. Do you have TV in the demon dimension? And that's why. Ali, we went to high school musical theater class together. We, <laughs> are you sure I'm we, sorry, we haven't been to the demon, been demon, to the demon dimension? <laughs> That's true. That's fair. That's fair. There were times I was curious about the nature of our teacher. (laughs) 
<laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this. Oh, yikes. Uh, you know what? I'm, okay. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think that probably does speak to why, well, we see it next episode. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. But it's good that they kind of plant the seed now. Yeah. Um, so also what I had never noticed or never picked up on before. So, uh, Angel says, bear witness as I ascend, as I become. And I said, ah, that's where the title comes from. There it is. What? Oh, I missed that. I never knew why these were called becoming part one and two. Oh, that is really good. I totally didn't pick up on that until now yep. and did not think about it for one In all these years i had never considered like oh why is it called that like i don't know that's why it's called that's becoming. why it's called becoming yeah. mm, good find ally good work yep uh so back on whistler uh we're in this big uh flashback to whistler i guess it, who's just this we're never i don't think we're ever quite explained who whistler is like why does he give a shit about angel why does he know all about Angel? Um, there's some sort of almost prophetic elements to him. He's saying like, "You have options. You know, you're doing that. You're really bad at this. Uh, you don't have to be this disgusting thing." Yeah, he roasts him totally. Yeah. Totally. And you know what? Clear. He needs it. He needs it. Yeah. So Whistler comes in, voice of reason. Haven't you heard of butcher shops? They give away blood. That's your ethical source of blood. And then he's like, and I've got this thing for you to see. And then you can decide if you want to just like wither away or if you want to like become a person, which might also be part of the becoming. Now that I'm like yeah, thinking I think through it, I think there's a few. And Willow is becoming mm-hmm. and there's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Right with that. Um, So we see Angel pull up, which I guess Whistler isn't there. So I guess it's Angel driving the car because there's a comment later where Whistler's like, I don't know, she must be pretty or something. She's really affected you. So it kind of sounds like Whistler wasn't with him when Angel does the drive-by at the school. Yeah, in the piece of shit car yeah. that would have gotten the cops Yes, on that's exactly and... my note. Like, oh my God, this car in front of a school and no one pulls them over? Yeah, uh-uh. creepy. Absolutely yeah. not. You would be arrested also, the I... fuck. Um, the the first cut where Whistler roasts him, he's in New York, and just like why why are you sure he's so in that, New York? Yeah, it says New York. Oh. Yeah, it says Manhattan. Oh, okay. Yeah, like why he went across the country? Like why not just put him in a city in California? We are like sure he could have this- just been in Los Angeles. Yeah, it's just whatever. It's fine. But I guess I guess maybe that would have been too convenient. Like, people would have complained about them being like, oh, and he just happens to be in Los Angeles. Like, but I guess he could have been in San Francisco. Could have been somewhere. He's on the opposite end of the coast. Yeah. Or, yeah. So I I guess that's why he says, like, we have to leave now if we're going to. So he drove cross country in that piece of shit. Yeah. I totally missed that it was New York or I didn't. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't put that together. That that is really far. (laughs) (laughs) To just go off a whim. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. Especially with him being in such poor state. Anyway, so uh, we're seeing Buffy. We see her moment of getting called. Uh, this guy comes up and he's like, Buffy Summers. And she says, yeah. Hi. What? 
Yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar's acting here is so like she plays the vapid, innocent Buffy mm-hmm. so well. It was great. Yeah. Um, we we see her like wimpy Buffy fighting a vampire oh, before, too. Before that, she has another great quote to the guy because he says something about destiny, and she says, "I don't have a destiny. I'm destiny free, really." <laughs> I love that. Oh, and what the fuck is this guy's approach? That. Yeah, he's like like no excellent, totally out of context. Like, how did you think she was gonna take this? How, I would like to see the rest of that conversation that ended with her with a stake in hand in a cemetery that night. Yeah, I one thousand percent. If I had been Buffy, wouldn't have been like what? I would have been backing away. Right. To other, he says, "Your destiny awaits." What? Good to meet you too. Right. Like why? It's kind of the same approach that. Giles had like what are they teaching you what is the watcher council teaching you that like you just go like yeah hey here's a vampire book oh I'm gonna talk to you about your destiny this is a person you don't know you know how conversations work right like you know you've met people before right yes right right I'm so out of nowhere I don't get these people they could use a emotional intelligence class maybe I think so I think so Okay, and also, so we see Wimpy Buffy slaying her first vampire. She's, like, <laughs> clearly really freaked out. She gets home late. So this is all one day? I guess so, yeah. I mean, she's in the same top, so. Oh, so it's definitely one day. I think so. I think it's meant to be. So, which then confuses me because she comes in late and mom's, like, really upset. So is this not the first time she's been late? Because if this is her first offense, if she's just like, you know, home from hanging out, home from cheer practice, like, if this is her first offense, like, may, uh, missing curfew, it's a real overreaction. Yeah, that's a good point. The We hear um, her, we hear Joyce and Hank fighting, too. It's a pretty brutal yeah, fight. Yeah. So I don't know if it is part of a pattern or if. They were fighting, and Buffy got the brunt of it. That could all that or... could also be it. They were fighting, and she just she Joyce overreacted because she was already in such a heightened state. There's this great so Buffy is overhearing them fighting, and she is looking in the mirror, and you can just see, like, given the fighting and the the vampire mm-hmm. thing, you can really just see Buffy's world coming up yeah and you can you notice when she comes in and she's talking to her mom immediately her voice has a whole new quality to it yeah yeah like she that is the day like she slayed a vampire and her innocence in one day yep yeah what yeah so this also means so the fact that whistler found angel and then Angel is still a hot mess and sees Buffy. Mm-hmm. When we see him in the first season and he's like sexy and put together, this is like he gets his life together. In a year. It's a year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A year's long enough, I think. Cause he cause the flashback labels it as nineteen ninety six. So it's her freshman year. And then we meet her in her nineteen ninety seven in her sophomore year. So it's maybe not a year. That's true. It, it doesn't necessarily it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a year. But love is a powerful motivator. 
I guess purpose is powerful too, but yeah. it's just quite the dichotomy. To... It's that little flame that lights a fire under your ass. <laughs> purpose, it keeps you going strong <laughs> like a car with a Think pull of tank gas. of gas. Oh, it came back to musical theater. Yep, Good. Always. Also, Whistler would be a powerful motivator and a quick teacher as well, I think. So it's not like he was getting himself all together. He was learning from Whistler too. Uh, Angel does say, as he's talking to Whistler in the sewers, he says, I want to be like you, but I don't want to dress like you. <laughs> Which <laughs> was great. Pretty sad. Which, considering how he does end up dressing, it's like, that guy was in there the whole time? Like, Yeah, you squandered ooh. a long time there, buddy. Feeling bad. Oof, yeah. Also, I just, I don't know how you, someone who ends up dressing like that and having the beautiful apartment that he does and all of the, like, beautiful collections of antiques and stuff like that he was like that person let himself be that person woof do better do better uh and he does so we're at school right um we uh we are almost at school okay. um angel tries to do the ritual and fails and then spike gloats at him and says someone wasn't worthy <laughs> Spiky little bitch. I love you so much. He deserves it. So, so much. Okay, now we're back at school. So now we're back at school, and we're seeing someone covered up in a raggedy shawl or some raggedy fabric coming in, walking the halls. And once again, no one's stopping this? Yeah. Like, what? Do kids co commonly come? Like, it's not like a hoodie with the hood up. It's this raggedy-ass blanket thing. Yeah, you look like... You look like a homeless like, person st stumbled like in off the, the street. Like the nun. Yeah, or yeah. like the nun. But yeah, no no teacher from the front door to the classroom stopped her? I, you know, um, there's there's some, I have a note about some of these holes in this episode later, but how it still is an amazing episode. Oh, still an amazing episode. And like. A but there are vampire. like more plot holes than the average episode. Yeah, and you know the flaming vampire message sends quite the message. That is a great way to uh, 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 set make an impression. I don't know that we've seen a vampire be so into the mission <laughs> of scaring Buffy that they will light themselves on fire for yeah. it since like the master. Like I believe that the master probably could have inspired that, but maybe that's more. I don't know, we were talking about like religious extremism earlier yeah. and this strikes me as kind of a similar motivation. Well, and we but do, it was like in a in a scene really soon, we see Drew doing a little hypnosis on Kendra. Oh, that's true. So maybe she has influence that way. Maybe that's a good point too. We've, I mean we've never seen her mind control just hypnotize, but I I don't know, maybe. Yeah, well, that vampire sacrifices herself to the cause, that's for sure. Sure does. And then we see Buffy in the best coat. Yeah, the iconic blue coat. Such a great coat. That shimmery yeah. iridescentness to it. Oh, such a great coat. And it's long and flowy. And long and flowy. And so after the, the vampogram, we're back in the library. Van <laughs> uh, my next note is just, oh, Mr. Pointy. 
Yeah, so she's debriefing with everybody about what just happened in the library, and she says, okay, so yeah, Angel said midnight, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. He told me to be there, so I'm going to go. And they're like, maybe don't do that. And she decides to anyways, and Kendra on the way out gifts her with her lucky steak. Yeah. It's a really charming and delightful exchange between the two of them. It really is. And um, this is the scene where we get Buffy's plan that you know, yes, yes, I'm going to go there. I'm going to fight him. I'll, I'll kill him. But it could still be helpful if I'm not successful to have him restored. So let's try I'm both attacks. That... I think that's a smart way. Divide and conquer. Like, how about some redundancy in the plan? Like, I think I think it's a really smart plan. I don't think it was smart to go. Oh, I think that I, was. I mean, hard to say. I don't know. He's going to kill people anyways. He's going to like. Yeah. How is how is how is this night any different from any other night when this night we have a real shot to restore his soul and we need to do everything we can to make this curse go well. That's fair. That's fair. And I think well, hindsight's 2020, 20, but it certainly would have been helpful to have Buffy and Kendra protecting Willow while she attempts the spell. Yeah. Hindsight is 2020. 20. I wonder what I would have felt not knowing everything that transpired i don't know well and that's the thing is well i don't because we were talking about we don't in general don't don't take the bait yeah yeah what about the point where what about the other part of the note where it says this is a trap right exactly (laughs) uh which she still went for anyway but she i don't know what conclusions they would have drawn from the vampicram because spike has had lackeys before But in all the stuff we've seen, we haven't seen Drew, Spike, and Angel with lackeys since the factory went up in smoke. Yeah, and I don't even know if there were lackeys there. Okay, so you're saying that dividing and conquering them is a good idea. Like, it would be a really bad idea. that if if they're assuming that it's still just the three of them, Mm -hmm. maybe that's why she would think that, you know, like maybe she thinks she is just all there is is Angel to fight. And like, yeah, Spike and Drew will be there, but Angel's going to make it like, this is my fight, back off kind of thing. So maybe it didn't occur to them. That it's going to be six vampires on Kendra and the gang in the library. That's a good point. Because even if they think like, oh, well, it's you know, even if they thought it was going to be like Spike and Drusilla, maybe they still thought that Kendra would be. And at this point, do they know that Drusilla's still alive? Do they know that Spike and Drew are alive? I think that when Buffy wailed on everybody in the factory, they, I think that Spike and Drew were there. So I think that they might know. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because that all comes after Drusilla's restored and after, yeah, after the church. That all comes after the church. That is a good point, though, about the, I don't, I don't know that they assumed that there were the followers. Yeah, but they must have thought um, something because they said, they kept uh, Kendra back to be on the lookout while Willow was attempting the spell. So maybe they did uh, consider it. I don't know. I don't know. You know, plot holes in this. Also, there's... also, if someone came to you and was like, if you don't come fight me, all these people are going to die. It would be really hard not to go to the fight. Even knowing it's a trap, you're like, I don't know. I just can't imagine having that kind of choice on my plate i don't know what i would do i don't know if i would be able to have the higher functioning 
logic of this needs to be successful or else even more people are going to die. You're a pretty logical personality. I think that's that- true. I would probably think this way. But, and also this is 29-year-old Allie. Would I have thought the same at 17? There is a much more than 29-year-old there who's not. Also true. That's the, true. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Well, they did what they did. Yep. So so Buffy does meet Angel. And they start and he fighting. Says, he greets her, hello, lover, which is why I hate the use of that word. Yeah. I think, that's, I think this is, I think the whole Angelus going bad thing is the whole or- origin of me disliking that word. A lifelong skeeving off of the yep. pet name lover. Yep. Until yeah. until Taylor Swift's song lover. That is my only instance where I don't hate that word. <laughs> good. Okay. Taylor gets a pass. That's good. Yep. So throughout this exchange, there's kind of like a hodgepodge scene. We cut to the graveyard, we cut to the library, and basically mayhem yes. everywhere, especially in the library. Yep. Um Yeah. <laughs> I have this note. Giles holding his own. Oh, oh, and he's knocked out. Because I had yeah, a moment of, is... oh, look at look at Giles go. He's maybe he won't get knocked out this time. Nope, he got knocked out. Yeah, they all get their they all get their asses kicked. Willow gets a bookshelf pushed on top of her. Xander's arm gets broken. Mm-hmm. I guess Cordelia gets away. If you had asked me to pick, though, I would have said, of course, Cordelia is going to get away because yeah. she is a surviving bitch. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, she definitely puts herself herself first, which in this instance, I get it. Makes sense. She listened to the order to run. Yeah, yeah that's the other thing. I was like, all right, you told me. You let the record show. I'm going to do it. I'm not helping yeah. here. So, yeah. And we have the, so Kendra kind of gets cornered with the three vamps and then Drusilla calls them off. And they tussle with each other. And I think at some point we cut back to to Angel being like, LOL, you fell for it again. And Buffy runs away. But what do you want to say about this heartbreaking thing that happens between Drusilla and Kendra? Um, I think this goes back to actually what we were saying off mic about is this bad writing or is it a bad thing that happens? Like, is it upsetting or is it be, like just because of what it is? Um, I think it's sort of part, and maybe this is me also being a superhero fan, sort of part and parcel part of the hero's journey. So, like, this is the fuel that she, you know, in her big epic journey needed. The Buffy needed. That Buffy needed. needed. Yeah, obviously this isn't the fuel for Kendra because Kendra's now dead. Because Kendra's, Kendra's dead, dead. yeah. I was reading some analysis. There was some. Um, so Drusilla and Kendra do tussle a little bit. And then and then Drusilla like hypnotizes her. The tussle is not um, great. It's a pretty weak yeah, tussle. But I think like in a tussle, Kendra would have won. But I also read somebody say something like, like Kendra as somebody who follows the book to a T would have been somebody who was uniquely in a bad place to fight a really like mystical, like hypnotizing vampire like Drusilla. So it kind of like makes sense to me that the hypnotizing worked, worked on, on her. her. I guess that's fair. Um, I do wish they had shown us more of a fight. Mm-hmm. 
Because I like I I'm not putting it past Drusilla to be an accomplished fighter, just given how long she's been around. Um, but I would have liked to see a little more of the physical overpowering to get her in a stable position long enough to then hypnotize her. Because it looks almost a little hand slappy before it cuts away. Yeah, it was underwhelming. Yeah. That's for sure. So I think that could have been choreographed better. But also, who knows what they had and who's, who knows what got cut for time. Um, my other point is, so Buffy's just running across town. I know we've talked about this before, but like how fucking small is Sunnydale that she just like knows that something's going down to the library. And so she's just like takes off at a run from the cemetery. And so she's just full sprinting cemetery to library. Yeah. Can somebody either give us a map of Sunnydale or get this girl a car? That's so what I was going to say. Get this girl, a, car, get girl a motorcycle. Yeah. Right. A bike. A bicycle, even. Something. Well, I don't know about a bicycle. <laughs> Something faster than a bicycle. I think she can run faster than sh- than a bicycle. But yeah, because, you know, I'm not really a fan of motorcycles because they're dangerous as hell. Um, that's why doctors call them donor bikes. But um, oh. it's true. It's true. They do. But with someone as with uh, like Buffy, who has already a high risk lifestyle, who cares about a motorcycle? Like, I mean. She's risking her life every day. Yeah, feels like a drop. In, feels like much? a drop in the bucket. So yeah, somebody get yeah. this girl a motorcycle. I know Joyce wouldn't be a fan, but like figured it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We can have a creative solution here. Don't tell Joyce about it or like right. something. You know. Um, Stash it in a mausoleum. Buffy, this scene of but I remember when I first watched this. I was so overcome with sadness at Kendra's death, and I was just in. A puddle and then the slow running through the hallway and just Buffy's expression yeah just like further cemented my sadness and then yeah intro alert that comes up for a couple of seasons now and and until it leaves seeing that bit in the intro always brought me back to this devastated moment yeah where where Kendra died and it made me so sad because I loved her character. I like her arc. They could have done a lot more with yeah, and I I have more to say about this, but you know, what happens happened and it's never affected me like that. Really? I was devastated by Kendra's death. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I just never connected to the character that much. Like, I've always liked her. It's not like I disliked her. But it's, yeah, it's not really something I thought about. I guess, same way I was saying before, like, I'm not devastated over the death of Bruce Wayne's parents. Like, it's just kind of the necessary thing. I don't know. Yeah, it's never, her death never affects me like that. I do like the contextualizing Okay, so you're contextualizing this sad moment in Buffy's overall journey. Yeah. Which like, I no agree with. Want, like, with Spider-Man, no one wants Gwen Stacy to die, but Gwen Stacy has to die. Sorry, spoiler, so, spoiler alert for, for Spidey fans, if you're if you're new to the franchise. Uh, but it's a big defining moment. The same way his uncle dies. These are big, yeah. big signpost, totem pole, whatever points in the hero's journey. Yeah. Well, there's an epic cliffhanger here, too. Yep, yep. So Buffy does stumble back into the library. It's too late. And as she is, as she sees Kendra's body, we hear like a gun click. And we hear somebody say, freeze. 
Constable. Yeah, because and it was actually kind of a funny moment because I was remembering how this season ends, and I was like, "Oh, that's right." But but who who is that? And then and then Kendra showed up while Buffy was on patrol, and I was like, "Oh, that's right. You're who dies." Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I've been dreading Kendra's death for several episodes now. And you were like, what is that again? That's so funny. How different things stick with us. Yeah. No, that's not. No, there's there's more. Season five, I guess, is what I'm dreading. Oh, yeah. That's probably what I'm dreading the most. Yeah. That one, I am am more sad about that one. Yeah. Anywho. Oh, actually, a couple in season. Never yeah. mind. I'm not going to say anymore. There's a lot to, to dread in season five. <laughs> plenty of sadness coming yeah, up. Yeah, but also one um, of my favorite characters ever. So, you know, you yeah, take the good, you take yeah, the bad. Oh, season five. I was thinking season six. Oh, cool. I think. Yeah, I was thinking season That's six. Never whole mind. Different, whole different dreading. Um, yeah. Okay. So. so We've kind of recapped the episode. Feel free to throw in anything that we've missed. I have trivia, and then I want to introduce a hot takes segment where we can talk about something that we didn't really get to dive into during the course of the summary. Wonderful. So do you have any thoughts, any other walkthrough thoughts? Nope. Okay. Can I give my trivia? I have several pieces of trivia for this one. I scoured the internet for these. I didn't notice these myself. Um... This is the first siring we see on camera. Really? So that feels meaningful that mm. it's Drusilla and Angel. That's pretty yeah. cool. Giles mentions that. So he has an orb of Thessala, um, and he says he's been using it as a paperweight, <laughs> which is funny because several episodes ago when Jenny was originally buying one, the shopkeeper says that he typically sold them as paperweights. So. And I myself have kept myself from buying an Orb of Thessala paperweight or Orb of Thessala uh, replica because I know that it's not good for anything except a paperweight. You're like, this is useless. This is useless. Allie, that. don't yeah. do it. Yeah, fair enough. Drusilla kills Kendra in a hip in a in a, by by like hypnotizing her. Is that how I see that word? Her? Hip, hip. What did hip- I say? Hypnotizing. Hypnotizing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Emblematic of how the master killed Buffy. Hmm. There's definitely there was I definitely kinda... some thrall there. Yeah. Yeah. Some yeah. some mind and then some well, hypnotizing and razor sharp claws. Yeah. Yeah, that, that too. Was real quick. Uh, so Whistler jokes. You noted Whistler jokes that Buffy had to be prettier than the last Slayer, mm-hmm. and that is a line that the Master also said about Buffy. Ah. So we get a couple of callbacks to season one. I have two more. One is highly nitpicky, but I'm gonna go with it anyways because I've already nitpicked a lot of other things about this episode. When Angel is in his crappy car. Uh-huh. If you are looking for it, you'll see in the side view mirror, his hand is visible in the reflection, Uh, and it's not supposed to be, because he's a vampire. And then the final piece of trivia that I thought was cool was this episode won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Music Composition for a Series. Ah, cool. Which we've talked about the music. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely picked that out. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's what the internet had to say 
about this episode. What what do you want to uh, share with folks that you haven't been able to talk about yet? I guess a f- another th- an- another twist of the knife for uh, the death of Kendra is that honestly, the cut that she gets probably didn't have to be fatal, but because everyone else was you know, incapacitated, kidnapped, whatever, there was no one to then, you know, find a towel to stop the bleeding or whatever. Um, So it is also a timing, unfortunate timing thing that like someone could have saved her with a little bit of time. She didn't have to die. They also didn't show like the big pool, a big pool of blood. Like I'm like, does she really bleed out? Like, not really seeing it. Yeah, the internet had things to say about that too, <laughs> and about the anticlimacticness of it. Yeah, maybe that's not what. Maybe maybe it wasn't about like you say. It was about it was climactic for Buffy. Right. I don't know that it was the ending that Kendra deserved, but maybe that wasn't what it was about. Yeah. Also, I mean, I my head also always goes to like technical aspects, like. You know, maybe to maintain their rating on a network show, maybe they couldn't. There's only so much blood that they could show. I mm-hmm. don't know. That always seems like there's yeah. some kind of like it's more of a rule than it was like an artistic choice. Yeah, I believe uh, but that. Overall, I think this is a really big episode because we're getting like Angel origin story, um, which is cool for, I guess cool for a lot of reasons because it's a character that we all feel like we know pretty well so it's cool seeing his origin story and it's we're finally seeing some things that were hinted at like you know we find out that darla no we find out that angel is drusilla's sire did we already know that darla was uh angel's sire i don't know if we learned about that in her episode in season one i don't know i don't know that yeah i'm fuzzy Mm. on that frick were they just together or was it, was it a siring situation back then? I don't remember. Maybe somebody can let us know. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if in that last fight at the bronze, she says something like, I made him or something like that. That does sound right. It sounds right, right but actually. it also could just be like that it sounds right and not that it actually happened. Um, some kind of like mandala effect kind of thing. But either way, we're getting some really important backstory um, we get a taste of his history with Drew as well. I think it's just a lot of a good build towards everything coming to a head. I agree. But yeah, an so, odd amount of plot holes that we we don't usually have that many in all, all in one episode. Yeah, my my uh my my soapbox here at the end is kind of about that. That I there's a good bit that I wasn't thrilled about with this episode but somehow i still love it overall um there's some there's some clear continuity yeah. errors like we didn't talk about it but giles whole i can't do the spell because it's too into dark arts for me so willow should do, like that's that's we know mm-hmm. there's a continuity thing there like yeah he gets over like, that argument pretty quickly because she's like i can do it i can do it uh, and then I, I guess he just lets it go. And then is it if it's too into the dark arts for him with his knowledge, why would he let Willow right. do it? 
or like why is he like it just seems like why another seems like another bottle that like okay yeah. well if, it, if the spell needs to be done then i should do it right yeah no that's a good point the the like wigs and stuff like i they don't like that's like seems like another kind of sloppy thing um the the Ken, kendra's death she had a great arc i really like where this thread goes you made a really good point about it fitting into buffy's journey overall but i just feel like i still can't let go that they one of the few characters of color was killed off and i think that's more a critique on the lack of characters of color overall than it is about kendra's death alone yeah. But it's just like, I just, uh, I don't no, know. No, and I think that's that makes a really good point. Because while it is part of Buffy's hero's journey, Kenja really didn't have a hero's death. Like, she didn't go down swinging. Mm-hmm. And, like, and mm-hmm. like we mentioned, I think they certainly could have shown more of a fight between Kendra and Drusilla. And then shown Drusilla getting the upper hand. And then, oh, her her hypnosis powers are so strong that it only took the briefest of moments or whatever to get her under her thrall. But, yeah, the fact that it was not an epic fight. Like, I'm thinking back to, like, Buffy and Angel outside the mall in the rain when he's like, yeah, you can yeah. Kind of, like It should have been that level of fight. Like, they have good fights on Buffy. It's not like they're not capable of staging good fights. So I think you're right that... Maybe she did need to die, like, for the overall story, but they could have given her a better death. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I would feel better about it, yeah. But I will say, in spite of all of that, I still love the episode somehow. Yeah. The music is amazing, and Sarah Michelle Gellar crutches it, and, like, I think the way that she plays the innocent, like, pre-Slayer Buffy is fantastic, mm-hmm. and I just feel like it... Um, even with kind of the sloppy elements of the episode, the story is just so strong yeah. that, and it like the they tell it really creatively with the flashbacks. And I don't well, know. and by Overall, I agree. I think sloppy is the word. I think there's a lot of stuff that they packed a lot of information, a lot of locations into this episode, um, but so that you know the finer points, the attention to detail was a little lost. Um, but at this point. The characters and their relationships are so well established that I think it still comes out strong because of those elements. Yeah, I agree. It still ranks highly for me. Yeah. Oh, thanks for indulging me, Absolutely. You brought up some excellent points. You know I like discussion. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. All right. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us for today's episode. We hope you'll join us next time when we'll discuss Season 2, Episode 22, Becoming Part 2. And if you're just too excited to wait until the next episode to chat, send us an email at tabularasabpod at gmail.com. Kind of swapping up social media stuff here, but the best way to find us on social media is going to be probably Instagram or TikTok at at tabularasabpod. And uh, again, we'd be so thrilled if you would leave us a reading or review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Allie, where can folks find you on the internet? Folks, you can find me at DaughterPick, D-A-U-G-H-T-E-R-P-I-C-K on Instagram. And you can find me at FutureBlackCat on TikTok. And if you'd like to 
send this uh, budding artist some money my way. You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Press A-L-L-I-E-P-R-E-S-S, or you can send it on Venmo, Allie-Press. Awesome. Well, all those social media handles are going to be in the description. Allie, this was a lot of fun. Always good to see thank you, my you dear. Thank you for sharing your presence oh, with me. Thank you. And thank you, all of you out there. Take care of yourselves. Uh, make good choices. Bye-bye. Bye. Tabula Rasa Bitches is hosted by Allie Press and Nick Mercer. With music by Inflaton Cult, artwork by Charlotte Fleming Design, and consultation by Evo Terra.